your favorite cartoon characters will help you understand how drugs and alcohol can ruin your life. So watch the program. Talk about it with your family. Okay, I have started the recording, so you want to do the count in? And, uh, okay, I'll let you, you do it. Okay. It's been a little while. Hi, but, (laughs) are we, are we out of practice? (laughs) It's been almost three months since our last podcast. (laughs) Yeah, the last the cartoon All Stars one was on May first. You know, it's funny is since we're when we, when we are posting these, people won't know. They'll be like, no, they it'll won't. Just, it'll just be like literally like, oh, a week has gone by for you, but for us, three months has passed. <laughs> three three months of hellish heat and visits to foreign countries and God knows what else yeah, happens. Big big you know, things. You only know us as voices on the on your screen. Voices on the screen. Uh, wait. <laughs> well, yeah, you, yeah, yeah. But you know, maybe we have lives of our own. You ever think about that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe I do something interesting, like collect antique swords. Do you? No, I don't. Oh, no. <laughs> I, I collect. Oh, I actually collect men's hats. I'll bet you didn't. I know actually that. did not know that. Um, yes, I have a large collection of unusual hats. Like uh, I've got, let's see, I've got a real silk top hat. I've got two different derbies. And uh, I've got a light-up LED hat shaped like a squid. And Where do you get these hats? Which, of- <laughs> uh, actually, I usually get them from a uh, from hat place uh, at the Big Fresno Fair, which unfortunately is not not coming back this year. This was their last year there, so oh. so I made sure to get the uh, the top hat to crown off uh, their uh, career as traveling fair haberdashers. <laughs> get the king hat. Yes, got my crown. Man, nice, oh. nice. I uh, well, you know what? <laughs> I learned something. You did. <laughs> I don't collect anything anymore. I you knew I collect. I collect picture books and I collect toys. And now you know that I also collect. I, hats, I did so. know about the toys, and I yeah, and picture books. It's like I just assumed. I didn't realize that. Yes, yes. that makes sense. That stands to reason that it was. You know, I have picture books. I have enough of them that it's kind of uh, weird to say that I don't collect yeah. them. Yeah, so. but it's weird. Like, I never thought of that as a collecting thing. I figured, well, it's research. Yeah, it's, it's work. Yeah. You know, it's ca- tax deductible. <laughs> yeah, from all the money that I make since uh, uh, everyone short of PWDD doesn't get paid for YouTube anymore. <laughs> yeah. I like that we we uh we we can't say his name or else he'll like find us. Is that not how you pronounce his name? Wait, how did you say it again? Pee Wee Dee Dee. Are we talking about the same person? The the Nazi? <laughs> Maybe. Are we talking about the Nazi video game guy? <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, which one? So I thought it was PewDiePie. <laughs> oh, is that it? Okay. I actually yeah. now I don't know what to believe. <laughs> 
Oh, I pronounce it the way uh, Dan from Game Grumps' dad says it. Do you know the Pee-wee Dee-Dee? <laughs> I like that better, except it makes me think of the yes. Smurfs character that rides the goat, you know, <laughs> the one who rides the goats. Pee-wee Dee-Dee. Oh, Johan and yeah, Pee-wee? Yeah, 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 you know, those guys. <laughs> I can I can buy uh, Pee-wee from uh, Johan and Pee-wee being a Nazi gamer. <laughs> yeah. But, uh... <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, he's uh, he, he fits the mold. He's like an angry little incel guy. Yeah. <laughs> oh my god, that's oh man, we just made the Smurfs so much worse. <laughs> that's I didn't know you could do that. That's what we do. We do that all the time on this show. We just You're make right, things we terrible. Do. Oh. Anyway, I guess we're back, aren't yeah, we? We're, we're back on our <laughs> bullshit. Anyway, so we're, we're yep. back and we're here to talk about something for once that's less terrible than a lot of the things we've talked about. Um yes. we're talking about a wish for wings that work. The Yes, based Based on the uh, children's book by uh, Burke Brethed, the creator of Bloom County, Outland, and Bloom County. Yes. Again. Did he have a third one between uh, those? He had one I called Opus, but it's basically the Opus. It's basically yeah. the same. It's Bloom County. Yeah. Which was, yeah. He's he he always gravitates back to Opus. Yes. That's his best his best character. So before we actually, I have a copy of the picture book. Oh, right seriously? Here, actually, oh, nice. With. Yes. Um, mm-hmm. I have one somewhere, but I don't have it with me. But I re- I remember mm-hmm. enough. I think I remember enough to um, – but before we actually talk about the special, I've, I've become aware that a lot of the kids nowadays don't remember Bloom County. Yeah. What kind of world have we left them? I can't believe that the children are not intimately familiar with 30-year-old pop culture. I'm, I'm, I'm just shocked. <laughs> um, but so before we actually talk about the special, we should probably just briefly mention what Bloom County was. Um, okay. Burke Brethed took his college comic, Academia Waltz, which starred two characters called uh, Saigon John and uh, and Steve Dallas, both of whom were based on people he knew. And he adapted it into a comic strip called Bloom County, which was initially about this uh, kind of... Uh, I, you could almost call the first years of Bloom County like a modernized version of Snuffy Smith. Hmm. Is about a smaller, a small town, but with more normal small town kind of people in it. Mm-hmm. I remember that. And yes, and it was about, and it's called Bloom County because it was about the Bloom House where Major Bloom and his grandson Milo lived. And gradually, a lot of these more normal-looking characters just sort of got shuffled out of the mix entirely as it got taken over with anthropomorphic animals and. Uh, a, talk, a talking uh, computer and numerous other things. It got weirder and weirder. Yeah. Yes. Uh, it was one of those strips where, like, you know, every few years there'd be almost complete reshuffling of the cast. Uh, so you had very yeah. few characters who kind of made it all the way through. Uh, Steve Dallas was all the way through the run of the strip, I guess. No. Yes, he was. And uh, Cutter, as, Cutter John as, as well. So was Cutter yeah. John, yeah. They, they, his name changed from Saigon to Cutter John. Probably yeah. a wise and, choice. Um, yes. and, uh, Milo was through, uh, through most of it as well, but, uh, yes. but yeah, a lot of other characters kind of came and went and, uh, and his best friend Binkley, who was, uh, yes, he, he evolved a lot. He used to be kind of the wimpy kid whose, uh, dad had a kind of, uh, you know, why can't you be more of a man relationship with him? Yeah. But that, but their relationship got a lot more complex over the years, mostly with, Binkley waking up his dad with his anxieties about what might happen in uh, celebrity news. Yes, I remember that. <laughs> and of course, the two biggest characters of 
uh, Boone yes. County are the ones that are in today. The movie we're about to talk about, uh, Opus the Penguin and Bill the Cat. Yes. Opus started out as Binkley's pet, and then he uh, evolved into not just a major character, but the main character of the whole strip. Mm, yeah. And Bill was originally kind of a parody on Garfield, I think, in the commercialization of Garfield. Yes. He was, yes, he was supposed to be like, he was like, now we, we've got our own orange cat, so make sure you order all of these, all this Bill the Cat merchandise, and all Bill did was say, ack, and fall over dead. Yes. And, uh, <laughs> oh, but uh, it, it wasn't the 80s unless you were wearing one of your I voted for Bill and Opus shirts. Yes. <laughs> in fact, I'm, I'm honestly thinking like, I, I don't believe that Stranger Things actually takes place in the 80s, because no one is, the you know, they don't have like the mean older brother, you know, wearing a greasy, like, don't blame me, I voted for Bill shirt, like everyone was wearing back then, so, you know, because Bloom County they was such a... I mean, I haven't watched the show Oh, yet, you haven't seen so... it yet? No. No. Yeah, it's good. I like, I've just heard everyone exclaiming about how the kid is wearing a Weird Al shirt this Oh, is time, he? So. Well, you know, yeah. Weird Al was also in the 80s, so I guess it's thematic. Yes. Um but he's still around today. Yeah, so. that's right. He's still going strong. Unlike Bloom County, which is the most quintessentially 80s thing ever. I believe it started in like 1981 and ended in 1989. And just about, yeah. And then it was replaced immediately by a Sunday only strip called Outland, which initially started out as. Here's the deal. Burke Breathed was very close friends, he might still be for all I know, with Bill Watterson of uh, Calvin and Hobbes. And they would send each other drawings making fun of each other. And I think Burke felt kind of jealous that uh, one of his, that his friend was such a cartooning genius and he wanted some of that for himself. So he, so Bloom County got, and when Bloom County ended, Outland started up as a Sunday only strip with a lot more of a surrealist bent and the characters were all completely new. And then over the course of about a year, it just became Bloom County again, but this time on uh, weekdays, weekends. Yeah, I remember because uh, when I remember as a kid when Bloom County's ending, because I was a huge Bloom County fan back then. So yeah. and they, they were saying he's going to start a new strip. It's going to have one character from Bloom County crossover. And everyone was like, oh, God, please be Opus. And it was not Opus at first. It was Ronald Ann who was... The little girl from the wrong side of the tracks in Bloom County. And yes, who Ronald Ann is about the same age as I am because she was born the night Ronald Reagan was elected. Hence her name. Oh, so. yes. And uh, is she in the new in the new Bloom County that's running? Now? I don't I think don't so. Know. I She might be. I too, haven't read it. So I, I too bad. I'd like to see her pushing 40. See what. Yeah. Happens to her. So Ronald Ann, the, the premise of Outland is that. Ronald Ann, because she's from the wrong side of the tracks, she has this like uh, fantasy land like Oz or um, something like that that she goes into to escape. And that's Outland, which is the surreal imagine yeah. imagination land. And she's got wacky. Yeah, where she has her friends Mortimer Mouse, who is a very obvious Mickey Mouse parody, but filthy and sloppy. Yep. And that and Tim W. Forty, who was an otter who seems to have evolved from this one Bloom County strip where we have an otter trying to defend the Exxon Valdez crash. Wait, he had a name? Yeah, you didn't no, know. No, I literally Tim never w. I only saw him in the very first Outland strip, and I've never seen him in anything else. <laughs> I thought he was immediately dropped, and then you know, and then Mortimer Mouse lasted Almost like three weeks before he got dropped. Mortimer had a kind of 
sporadic thing because there were obviously uh, legal issues to circumvent. Yeah. But he, but there, especially because Mortimer and his here and thereness in the strip uh, was eventually explained by the fact that uh, that Michael Eisner had been sending a had uh, sent a uh, stalker to kill him. <laughs> And the stalker turned out to be a lobotomized Bill the Cat. <laughs> oh, classic. Who had classic breath? Who had last time we saw Bill the Cat, he had Donald Trump's brain in his head. So yeah, so uh, that that's why Boone County is once again relevant to our times. It's it is yes. very funny because the other day um, there was I don't know if it was on the Onion AV, but there was some website, one of those websites that kind of specialized in that uh, new genre of quote-unquote journalism where you just find hmm. weird old pop culture and reintroduce people to it because they were saying why aren't we doing well, that we kind of are actually uh, oh you're right Shit. but like uh, because they found like hey there's weird strips where uh burke Brethen made had donald trump's brain and build a cat and i was weird reading that because like yeah that's not lost pop culture i remember that and then i realized oh wait i'm old yeah <laughs> so it's just it was weird to see all the things that i think are normal that everyone should know about apparently being lost and forgotten yeah. because time marches on um maybe you can help me because i've been looking for a i've been trying to c collect as many examples as i can of how every single cartoonist in the 80s knew donald trump was a piece of shit and oh yeah there's that one and there's a certain foxtrot where they're making fun of him. I, and yeah, I, I, well, of course, uh, Doonesbury constantly. Doonesbury, yeah. definitely. Um, yes. And I feel like there were a few. I feel like there were others, but yeah. He, well, Donald Trump, it has been you know a singular monster in American pop culture for a yes. long, long time, and to the point where half of all '80s uh, villains are based on yeah. him. I mean, like... Do you think it was a coincidence that King Koopa from Super Mario Brothers looks nothing like Bowser? <laughs> oh, that's a good point. And then, of course, there's, you know, um, uh, Biff from Back to the Future 2, based on him. Yeah. And uh, the villain in uh, Rent, I think. Yes. And let's not forget Gremlins 2, which has a rare uh, heroic version of him, Mr. Clown. Oh, forgot all about that. Um, yeah, Bill... Well, not Bill. <laughs> Um, Bill. <laughs> Bill Donald Trump. Trump is, I mean, he is, yes. he's a, he's an 80s sort of guy and, um, yeah, uh, can't buy that sort of publicity, but anyway, um, the, uh, uh, but, but back to Bloom County. So what was I saying about Bloom County? Yeah. Anyway. Oh, something yeah. about Bloom County. Um, oh, um, something about Bloom County. Uh, oh, we were talking so, about, so uh, Outland. Bill, yeah. yeah. So Outland then gradually just morphed back into Bloom County. Because Opus reappeared, yes. and then Bill the Cat was back, and then then it became this weird. Steve Dallas showed up. Yeah, and it became this weird thing where okay, I I, I as much as I loved the old Bloom County, I have very long maintained that Burke Method probably should have just when he retired Bloom County, he just should have stopped cartooning because yeah, I, ugh. it evolved into the men's couch. Oh, so painful that's the thing is like bloom county the politics were you know kind of all over the place um but like once you get into yeah. outland he starts getting kind of weirdly reactionary in this like oh i hate political correctness sort of way and yeah. it got very weird because i mean steve dallas kind of fits into that that makes sense but then it's like opus is suddenly wearing like hats with boobs on them and stuff and it's like 
Opus is that doesn't that's not the Opus I remember from Bloom County. No, he's no. I mean, one of the things that we liked about Opus was that he was sensitive. Yeah, he was. That was one of the things that Steve Dallas hated about him. Yeah, and it just got weird because I guess Burke Breath had had you know big thoughts about uh, political correctness, and uh, Opus Mm. was the most popular character, so he was just going to shoehorn that in. Um, Yeah. But anyway, so um, and yeah and. And well, and I read a review, a interview with him once where he, they said that he was, they said that Bloom County was one of the more liberal strips, and he said something like liberal schmeberal. I was just a professional whiner. That's what you should call call people like me, schmeberals, people who just make as much noise as we can for cash. Well, at least he, uh, you know, well, <laughs> <laughs> well, he's uh, he knows what he he knows where his bread is buttered. Um, yep. Yeah. Yep. I mean, uh, it's, um, I know, I mean, I know that he is, uh, he got into a lot of trouble for, you know, making fun of Mary Kay in the later strips. Yeah. And, uh, he definitely had some very strong environmental themes towards the end. Um, yes, he's very environmentalist, very against cruelty to animals, which is, you know, surprisingly, that's one of the, I am pretty liberal in just about every department, but Often I kind of drag my feet on animal rights for whatever mm, reason. Yeah, it's it's something that um, well, you know, it, it's um, it's something that I feel is a lot more popular with a certain kind of uh, left wing sort of person. Yeah, that's probably why. It's because it's one of those things that we associate with people who just have their priorities in the wrong place. Yeah, because that's the thing is like I, I, which is not to say that I feel you know we should be hurting more animals. Bullshit. No, no. no. But, <laughs> but I mean, I sort of get you because like you know, I'm, I'm. Like, like probably like you i'm very you know uh have very strong feelings about like you know environment the environment and uh lgbt yes. rights and you know labor rights and all sorts of things like that when it comes to mm-hmm. uh, animal rights specifically um i just think of my boss who cries my boss at work who cried when a squirrel got relocated so i'm like uh <laughs> Cried when a squirrel got relocated. Yes, a squirrel I mean, hitched a ride on my car to get home and uh-huh. then ran away when I got to my house. And when I told her about this, she was really sad because the squirrel was now away from its original home. And I was kind of like, well, the squirrel's fine. The squirrel doesn't mind. It's, 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 <laughs> it's a squirrel. Squirrel, you know. So, yeah. Um, but, you know. It's not like we've taken Arthur away from Merlin. Come on. <laughs> Oh God! <laughs> You're gonna make me cry now. <laughs> the saddest moment in animation history. I'm a horrible, awful, grouchy old yeah. man. It's like I, <laughs> I didn't, uh, you know, I didn't care when Bambi's mom got shot, but when that squirrel got it, got her heart broken, I'm like, oh God, <laughs> no. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. <clears throat> anyway. You're right. Now I'm all for animal rights. <laughs> so, um, so Ethan, um, yes. What, so before we actually talk about the special itself, uh, I'm curious. What was your your relationship with Bloom County as the strip back in the uh, day? I had an older brother who was absolutely in love with it, and I came to uh, I came to love it through him, especially because I inherited all of his shirts that he uh, wore out or outgrew. Mm. So, so I became a Bloom County fan just through osmosis. Even though I didn't get most of the political jokes, but you know anything with a giant purple snorkel whacker in it, I can get behind. Yes, uh, classic. Um, so that that actually brings up some, 
kind of my relationship as well with Boone County because when I was a kid in the eighties, I loved this strip. It was you know mm-hmm. uh, the yep. of the on the comics page is my and, one of my top three with the Far Side and Calvin and Hobbes. Uh, and they all ended at about the same they time. Did. I mean that's why I think we referred to the eighties as the golden age of comics. It's mostly because of those three. Yeah. Um, but I, I think I've even quoted this particular line on this podcast before, but here it goes again. From the same the same interview where he called himself a schmiberal, the uh, interviewer said, because you and Gary Larson and Bill Watterson all retired at about the same time, I think a lot of us have this image of the three of you hanging out in a hot tub naked, drinking wine coolers, and just being hilarious for nobody but each other. <laughs> and Burke said... Uh, I don't want to say a thing that would divest you of that image, but I do want to add that all three of us are incredibly handsome. <laughs> <laughs> I, um, gosh, well, you know, Burke Breathed is actually, if you've seen the old pictures of him, he's, you know, he's kind of smoking. Um, yeah, he's got a kind of a magnum. Yeah, look absolutely. Um, I don't really recall. I, I vaguely recall that Gary Larson and Bill Watterson both look like kind of like someone's bald dad, but you know, well, actually, it's funny. Gary Larson and Bill Watterson both look like their own drawings. Oh, seriously? I, I have heard that Bill Watterson looks like the dad in Calvin Hobbes. Yeah, he looks just like Calvin's dad, but with a little Hitler mustache. Oh, jeez. Whoa. That's a great look. Um, well, well, maybe not a Hitler mustache, but a bushy okay. mustache. Um, yeah. You know, so I, it's the funny thing about Bloom County, though, is I remember as a kid, I would read it, and I'd be like, I don't get any of this but it must be extremely scathing political humor. And then as an adult, I went back and read it and realized, oh, it wasn't. It was, I just <laughs> didn't get it because like half the time, like there'll be the image, like in the old strips I mentioned, Casper Weinberger. And I thought, oh, you yes. must have to know who he is to understand this. And then as an adult, oh no, they just thought it was a funny name. So yes. as an adult, I think I actually like Bloom County less <laughs> because now I understand it. <laughs> I still, I mean, I still enjoy it. I still really, I mean, there's a lot to like about it. The art is great. The, the creativity, you know, the just surreal mm-hmm. things, a lot of fun. But, you know, the, it, the I, jokes aren't as good when you actually understand them. I don't know. Reading it as an adult is an interesting uh, kind of hand-holding way to learn the politics of the day. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a specific, a very early one where uh, Milo is talking about his... Uh, his python, David Stockman, who eats rabbits that he's named after social programs. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I'm afraid today was dear little CETA's turn. Right, he's got some. There's there's sometimes he's, he's well, you know, yeah. I shouldn't. So yeah. once you look up, you have to look up who David Stockman was and what the CETA was. But yeah, and I should. Yeah, and you're right. And I shouldn't say that Blue County is completely apolitical because it did have some very very scathing things to say about, you know, for example, Donald Trump and, uh, you know, yes. uh, other things of the day. I mean, that, that one strip, which you, you probably remember as well, where Ronald Ann and Donald Trump are talking to each other is just, yes. just, uh, probably one of the, the most, uh, biting, uh, commentaries yeah. on America. You couldn't see it, but I just did that, uh, snap your fingers in a Z. That was, yeah. 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 So, you know, that's like it, that. So yeah, there's, there's a lot in there still. Um, but, um, and of course, you know, uh, I always, I still always remember the, in the words of the, uh, editor of the Bloom Picayune, it's Reagan's fault. <laughs> Which, you know, is still relevant to everything bad that's happening today. 
<laughs> it really is. Yeah, it really is. Yeah. And he once got a f- oh Burke once got a phone call from Ronald Reagan who w- wanted to say that he really liked the caricature of Nancy that Burke had used in today's strip, and he had literally just cut a picture out of the newspaper and and xeroxed it. <laughs> <laughs> oh God, that's classic Reagan. Um, and. Uh, he said, well, thank you, Mr. President. Would you like the original strip that I drew? And Reagan was like, oh, I didn't know you boys gave those out. Okay. That's hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> he was like, well, I, I, I don't really read this Bloom County, but hey, tell me it's great. Um, man, that, that's, uh, that was a thing that he did a lot, though, where he would actually just Xerox photographs of people and use them in the strip, which is... Yeah, it's a- he did that with Ronald himself once, and once, uh, like, it was just a photograph hanging on the wall, and then on the penultimate panel, he changed his expression so he's screaming hideously, yeah. like a, a large Marge I remember that, that yeah. <laughs> that was one of the little, the, those, those uh, you know, photorealistic uh, portraits were one of the little kind of flourishes that gave Bloom County its, um, you know, very distinctive yes. look on the comics page. Yes. Uh, <clears throat> Anyway, um, is there anything else we should say about Bloom County before, or Bloom County? Um, well, in relevance to this particular, oh, one more thing. Mm-hmm. In in Outland, there was a character introduced who was a pig, and his name was Ham and Eggs. Okay, wait. Yes. Okay. And this pig appears in today's special. Only his name is Truffles. So, okay, I was wondering about that because I have never seen that pig. I like I was not a um, you know, a dedicated Outland reader, so I, I assumed that yeah. I had just missed him in Outland. And I assumed he'd probably been in like three strips before Burke just completely dropped him. Now, now he was another one of those men's couch guys. Okay. So. Well, this is that is interesting because that this uh, a wish for wings at work. It kind of came out in that weird time period after Bloom County ended, but before Outland just turned into Bloom County Redux. So yeah, so it came. It was. It's from the book is from 1991. So so instead of having the characters that we know and love, we get a bunch of weaker second string characters that he's trying to make into a, a thing, but who never really catch yeah. on. So yeah, which is disappointing. Oh, yes. Don't forget, he also invented Hazel Hedgehog. I have never seen that character. Who's Hazel Hedgehog? Uh, she Again, she literally appeared in three strips, but uh, Hazel Hedgehog was... It was because, basically, he was thinking about how almost all of the female cartoon characters, especially animal characters, are just... Uh, are just fem- are just female versions of the male character. The Ms. Male, as uh, the... As, uh, Gender in com- in video games mm-hmm. put it the uh, like you know just you just stick a bow on Mickey and he's Minnie. right right and and he was thinking you know there should be a female character who isn't beholden to any particular male character so he had so he invented Hazel Hedgehog and trots her out in this and she appears for one pa- panel smiling and then the woman who was bringing this up in the strip says so what you're saying women are little pig rodents and Opus goes you're fired. Oh, I I do vaguely remember that actually, um, and then she, and then she appeared again as people uh, with people marching to her defense after being fired after one panel. Th- 
And then there was one single strip where she appeared as herself, spe speaking her own opinions, and actually looking a little bit shapely, surprisingly. Hmm. Well, well, that's interesting. Um, this was this was the time when uh, he seemed to have suddenly get a, a chip on his shoulder about like uh, hairy legged feminists. Well, kind of a... that that kind of has something to do with. Well, I mean, there always was that kind of thing going on with uh, Bloom County. Remember Alf Mushbug? Oh yes, that's right. I forgot about. I forgot about her. And then, but then, you know, there's always there were positive feminist characters too. Lola Granola was very well received. Oh, yeah. I think Bobby but, Harlow, uh, Yaz Pistachio. Oh yeah. yeah. <laughs> he he sure liked drawing hot ladies. I can't blame him yeah, there. Yeah. But. He was, uh, you know, he was the the Frank Cho of the comics page in those days. <laughs> uh, he was the only person on the comics page who was capable of drawing hot ladies. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, that's true. I mean, which is not which to say, not that, to say I that I would say, say, no, say no, say no to seeing, say, Calvin's mom in a bikini, but uh, hmm. yeah. But again, not really a character. <laughs> she doesn't have a name. <laughs> yeah, I think yeah, because the only one other, I mean, I guess. Uh, other than uh, Gary Trudeau, there wasn't really anyone doing like you know hot ladies on the page, and I would, and that's for a given value of hot, but yes, yeah. yes. But anyway, so um, so wish for wings at work. It's Opus and Bill are in it, and then a bunch of other characters that are well, yeah. Um, we'll we'll get into that. Relevant to. Uh... The Bloom County storyline, but it's not really a Bloom County or Outland story. No. It's transplanting them into a new setting for the most part. It's it's this little snowbound town, which is at least big enough to have a Korean barbecue. But uh, oh yeah, I saw that. Um, <laughs> you know, there's a lot of like neat little like uh, chicken fat background things in this. Um, yeah, apparently Brevet didn't like them. He didn't like that you could see a sign saying Santa's balls on sale what? with okay. meat squashed, yeah, I, squashed in between. So I've read that he really doesn't like this, but it's like, Burke, you wrote it. You're, you're like... Yeah, he doesn't... Actually, the reason he doesn't like it is because the ratings weren't good. Well, okay, that's fair. <laughs> I mean, I, I feel like when I watched this, I was like, you know, watch... I, I, didn't, I, I don't... I didn't... When I first saw this, I found it disappointing, but at the same time, it is, does feel very in the spirit of his comic work. So, yes. So I can't really fault it, uh, but mm -hmm. it's in. But yeah, so it, this is Opus in this town. He is. He is. It's Christmas Eve, and he's writing a letter to Santa Claus, asking yeah. for wings that work, because he's a penguin. Hence the title. Yes. And you know he's a penguin, and he doesn't. Fly, but he really wants to and yeah th the first joke in this is kind of it made me it, uh, when i heard it i was just going because it's where opus says i'm a penguin i can't fly i don't blame my mom i blame congress and <laughs> and i would just heard that and it was like it just makes have you seen what those clowns in congress did today yeah, yeah, what a bunch of clowns <laughs> well exactly that's what i was thinking of exactly it's like it's like, oh, it's like Crow playing Jay Leno wrote this joke. <laughs> but, you know, I mean, it's Why it's not? one of those things where it's like, okay, it, it's it, it just reminded me like how Bloom County was very often 
seemed like it was political, but actually wasn't saying anything of substance, and that was kind of well, encapsulated right this there. This is extremely apolitical. Yes, yeah. But at least that particular joke, but the rest of it, I mean, I think we'll, we'll find a lot to talk about there. Things that are much more political today than they might have been then. Mm. Things that were taken for granted in 1991 that now we are questioning. Yes, today. there are a, there's a problematic character in this. That we'll get to, I think. I would say there's a problematic theme in this. Mm. Oh, yes. Actually, you're right on that, too. Um, I would say that this, whether, we'll say, we'll just say it right at the beginning, this movie is probably a lot more queer-coded today than it was taken as in 1991. Yeah, yeah. Very, no, that's very true. Because um, when I was watching it, I was kind of thinking about that a little bit. But, um, yeah, but we'll get to that. <laughs> um so so Opus wants wings, so he's writing a letter to Santa. He um, basically... And he tells Santa about his day and how he came to this decision. I guess Santa has nothing better to do than read people's long-winded yeah. letters. Which Opus is writing on Christmas Eve. <laughs> how is he going to get it to Santa? Well, like... Uh, maybe he did the he did the British thing where you know what they do in England? What do they do? When you're writing a letter to Father Christmas? What? You throw it on the fire. What? You throw you have the child write their letter to 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 uh, Father Christmas and then you toss it on the fire. <laughs> it's like here, why don't you give Santa some of your favorite clothes to wear along the way too? Oh, throw throw in one of your favorite toys. He'll like that. Wow, wow. <laughs> well, you know what? I'm just gonna say it right. Well, because yeah, I'm I, I'm gonna stay true. I'm gonna stay on brand here. And since now I've realized that the British do something stupid, I'm gonna say I blame Egghead Cheesy Bird for this. <laughs> we love you, Wingy. Yes, yes. <laughs> I don't blame Egghead Cheesy Bird. I prefer to blame clowns. <laughs> clowns. Oh man. But um so so Opus is telling Santa that about how he his issues. He spent the morning running, flapping his arms, going fly, 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 Right. And I guess Santa is supposed to be sympathetic? Yeah. It's like he was doing that while ducks were flying, and then he's sad because yeah. he can't fly. And Can we talk about his voice? He's voiced by Michael Bell, the Yakko Pinky guy. Oh, wait. I didn't know that. I thought I knew him mostly as Chucky's dad on the Rugrats. Michael yeah. Bell? Really? Um, I didn't know that he was Pinky. Or am I thinking of the wrong person? I might be thinking of the wrong person. I, I don't know, but he's... Yeah, I think I am. I think oh, I am. Well, we'll say that whoever... That Michael Bell... No, I was no, I was thinking of someone totally different, but with a similar voice. Oh, okay. No, Michael Bell, I know best as... Yeah, I know him best as the voice of uh, Prowl from Transformers. Oh, okay. But, uh, well, we'll say this. Yeah. He's had a... But yeah, he was, he was Chaz. He, he was... Um, he has had a long and storied career in animation voice work, and if you look on his IMDb, you'll see that he's been a million things as additional voices. So he's he works, yes. you know, he's a working guy. Mm-hmm. Um, what did you think of the, him? His work as Opus in this? Uh, I think it was good. I think it was. You know, oh, I know why I mistook him for oh. What is that guy's name? The, his name on Twitter is Yakko Pinky. Oh, I honestly don't know who that is. It is it Rob Paulson? Yeah, it's Rob Paulson. I was mistaking it for Rob Paulson because his voice 
for Opus reminds me a lot of the voice that Rob Paulson did for Arthur on The Tick. Oh, yeah, you're right. It, it absolutely does. Um, and you might know that uh, Rob Paulson did uh, Arthur for the second season, while as the first season, it was one of the monkeys. I did not know that, actually. Yeah, Mickey Dolan's, I think. Wow. Um, huh. Interesting. But, well, you know, it makes sense. Uh, Opus is a very Arthur-like character, so... It, it kind of stands to reason. Apparently, Burke Brethen yes. wanted Sterling Holloway to do Opus's voice. So he wanted... Op- yeah, that which would be much... It would have been much better. I can definitely imagine Opus sounding like Sterling Holloway with that kind of... That that sheepish kind of Winnie the Pooh voice. Yeah, that would fit. Uh, it would make sense, you know. Um, I yeah, think- but Sterling Holloway, well, he died the next oh, year. so maybe, so. yeah. Um, so maybe... And he hadn't done anything since... You know what the last thing he did before he died was? New Adventures... Was it Cartoon All-Stars? We think All-Stars? the world was... No. Oh. It was We Think the World Was Round. Holy the shit! with the boats? Oh my god! Yes. Yeah, no, Orlina and I watched that. And, um, that's... That <laughs> is with the, uh... That is the one where it's, uh... I think he plays the Pelican narrator in it. Yes, he does. It's, that was, like, his last it's role. It's that entire thing, which is bizarre, because it gives you exactly... Uh, one fact about Christopher Columbus, and it's wrong. <laughs> the the uh, the, uh, the whole like it's the Calvin's report on bats yeah. of Cl- Columbus. Rep- <laughs> yeah, but uh, it does. It's it's uh, like Christopher Columbus thinks the world is round, so he's going to sail to America. He encounters um, a you know this lisping sea serpent <laughs> who is who <laughs> sings a song about being like you know a, a sissy sea serpent or something. And it's kind of like, yeah, yeah, yeah. okay, it's like, huh, well, it was a different time. Um, and then it, they just, that's it. That's pretty much the entirety of that. It's its not very good. It is a sad also, end to Sterling Holloway's career. Yes. Also, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria have human faces, and they look like something out of uh, Thomas the Tank Oh, I engine. forgot about that. Oh, my God. All the terrible memories rushing back. <sighs> okay, not. I mean, I'll say this: yeah. Sterling Holloway anyway. is fine in that, but it's um not not. Yeah, I would recommend there are other things he's in that you should probably watch instead. I mean, there's tons of great things he he was in. I mean, shoot, I mean, look at pretty much anything by Disney. Yeah. in some between 1950 to 1970. Yeah, so wow. Um, but. Oh, and speaking of queer coding, uh, did you know Sterling Holloway adopted an adult man? I did not know that. Yes, that was the substitute for gay marriage at the oh, time. Well, good for him. I'm, yes, I'm, that's that's a that's a clever workaround. Yes, but um, uh, <laughs> and uh, so in this 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 um, uh, movie. So, oh, yes. b- before we actually... Anyway, wish for wings to yeah, work. Be- oh, before wait, we on. get to the, uh, the the queer coding stuff in this, we are introduced to Bill the Cat. And... Yes. This is my... This is the biggest problem I have with this uh, special, is that Opus is mean. He's... Yeah. Opus is really unduly cruel to Bill, but even though he, you know, he shows a lot of... He shows sympathy for Bill, but at the all, at the same time, he's also snappish toward him. Yeah. So, but but the, we'll come to a certain line he has that I'm trying to interpret. It's like this is a really mysterious special in a lot of ways. There's a lot to take in. 
But I want to say that uh, I was a little disappointed that Bill didn't talk. Hmm. Not that Bill talks a lot anyway, but I just like the idea that Bill, who's normal, who's normally just like gag, ack, barf all the time, I just imagine him as having a comically normal human voice when he chooses to speak. <laughs> That's inter- actually interesting. I never considered that. But hey, um, Snoopy speaks in the strip and doesn't speak in the in the cartoon, so it's entirely possible yeah. to do. Can stuff you like imagine? This. If, can you imagine if Garfield did that? Yeah, that would make that would be very interesting. It would basically it would basically yeah. be that like uh, that that version where it's. Uh, what is it? You know, the not Garfield without Garfield, but where they just take out Garfield's dialogue? Yeah. So it's just a guy talking to his yeah, cat. You, yeah, you remember that so. one. I forget if there was a name for that. Yeah, I did some of those myself. Yeah, which I always thought that's superior to Garfield without Garfield. It didn't seem to catch on. Yeah, me too. But what are you going to do? Um, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Gar- Opus is really mean to Bill. It's weird because he basically comes out and says, oh, I rescued Bill from a university science lab, and he wants to be my friend, but pff, I've got standards. So and and he's saying, Bill, you smell bad. You should move from the uh, dis- disposables into the recyclables. And it's like, Bill is homeless, you asshole. Jeez, <laughs> Opus, God, show some compassion. It's Christmas. So, I mean, I I was like, I thought because I guess part of the arc here is you know, Opus tries all these things to fly, and Bill keeps fucking him up. And so he gets mad at Bill, and they have this kind of falling out later in the special, and in the end, Bill helps him, you know, set everything right. So that's kind of the arc. But it would have worked better, yeah. I thought, if Opus and Bill were friends initially, then he gets mad at Bill. But instead, they yeah. just don't – Opus really doesn't seem to like him, and that that seems uncharacteristically mean because he always – I absolutely agree. It seems I was like I know why they did it, but at the same time, Why? I mean, you could have written it differently. Yeah, it's like, what? what? I guess they wanted to have some... You're not following up on any existing plot point because you're placing them in a whole new whole new situation. Yeah. There's no... I feel like they were just like, hey, this is a good chance to give Opa some funny lines, but I guess. they're really not that funny. Like, when no, he's like, no. oh, Bill wants to make a friend. Well, cockroaches want to dance to Watutsi in my shorts. And I'm like, ugh. Oh, that's trying really hard. Yeah, that's that's uh, five a.m. and the cartoon is due at eight. Yes, exactly. It's like it's because like you just threw a bunch of random things together. It's there's not really yeah. any wit to that line. Uh, but whatever. <laughs> Chocolate monkey cheese weasels. Yeah. <laughs> so random. We'll get back at them, especially for that purple monkey dishwasher comment. Um, <laughs> so anyway. Uh, let me add that Bill's animation is fantastic. Yes. I, I, he moves exactly like I would I mean, I always have imagined Bill to have, you know, just just loping, shuddering gait like this cat should not be alive, and yet he Bill is. Bill is the best thing about this entire special. I mean, he is a joy to watch. Yes. Also, what is up with when, when we first see Bill, before we even see him, Opus is yelling, no cats, no cats. What a, geez, what an asshole. God, yeah. Opus. Um, yeah, I don't know. He's just, he's, he really is just kind of... Maybe he's getting into the idea of being a flying bird and cats catch them. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm grasping at straws. Yeah. Like Congress! <laughs> anyway, so... Rule of three. So, uh, <laughs> it's called... Callbacks. Um, so, um... 
So then what happens? So so Bill no, so Opus tries to doesn't fly. He then Yeah. He doesn't fly, and then on the way home he gets hassled by these ducks, one of whom is bald for no reason. Yes, and talks like Curly from the Three Stooges. Yeah, and neither of the others talk like they're from the Three Stooges, so it's just like, you know, two guys and Curly. Yeah, it's like, okay. Um, I, I That wasn't in the book, I don't think. I don't think the book, are they? No, no. I have the book right here, and let me, let me just uh, flip through the pages. And instead of starting with uh, the, the letter to Santa as a framing device, we start with Opus running and stopping at the top of the cliff, as before. And then we have a scene that wasn't included in the, in the strip, or in the uh, film, where Opus tries doing normal bird things like sitting on top of a statue to eat his lunch, and the pigeons don't want to share. And Yeah, they, they had to pad out the special if you have things that aren't in the book, too. So there's some, some yeah. difference. Um, there's there's a different version of him buying a flying contraption and trying to uh, fly. I think in the book does he just chicken assisted. out? Is that yeah okay. he does? I remember that instead of it not working. Yeah. And then we get to the and then we get to the letter writing scene, and then we and then we go straight to the scene with uh, to the big finale, which takes up half of the book as opposed to five minutes of the special. Yeah. Um, but in the special, because they need to pad it out, they add. Uh, we we get to meet some other Outland characters, and um, because Bill is sorry, Opus is on his way to a support group in Flightless Birds. Yes, and the first one we meet is Ham and Eggs, except now he's Truffles and he's French. Yes, and he, here's the thing about Ham and Eggs: when that when that strip was first released in the in the comics page, our, they announced his name as Ham and Eggs, and then. This this uh, film happened, and then when that strip got collected in the next Outland collection, it was changed to Truffles in the reprint. God, oh, apparently Ber- Berkeley Breath is just throwing shit down the memory hole, rewriting yes. history. But I also bought the complete Bloom County when it was on sale through uh, Humble Bundle, and in that... They changed it back, and it's ham and eggs again. I just don't know what to believe. They cannot decide on this poor pig's name. And it's ironic, considering he's in for, what, like three weeks? It's like, is is it really worth the controversy? Well, he's not never there. It's just that he's so rarely the star. What is his role in the strip? I mean... Uh, He's kind of... I don't know. He's kind of just there to give Opus someone to talk to. Okay. But the the one joke I remember with him was... uh, when they're trying to come up with a with a name for the decade for the nineties, since the eighties was the me decade, or or was that the seventies? No, I, I think know. it was the eighties. Uh, it was the eighties, yeah. And the, everyone's trying to come up with a uh, decade name that is relevant to their situation. So he yells, "No, it's the decade of pork, America's other white meat." A joke they reuse in this strip, huh. so. in this this film, yeah. Yeah. So. Um... We meet Truffles, and Truffles, like Opus, is having something of an identity crisis, it seems. Yes. Because... He is wearing a big fake rhinoceros horn and uh, warning people that they're going to get gored if they stand in front of him. Yeah, and this is kind of... And I think this is where we're getting into some of the queer coding in this, because there's a very strong um, theme of characters like mocking opus for trying like oh you shouldn't be something you're not 
you're just a flightless bird. Don't be delusional and, you know, think you're, uh, you know, you can fly. And it's hard to, like, yeah, now see this and not be thinking about, like, a lot of today's, you know, the gender things that are in the headlines. Absolutely. Um, especially since then, uh, Truffles you know, says, says that he's a rhinoceros and Opus is like, no, you're not. You're a pig. And it's it's. It's interesting. It's like, oh, you guys are just jerks yeah. to each other. You can't just accept each other as you, you know, see yourselves. You have to keep sniping at uh, each other. It's uh, interest interesting to think that uh, you know maybe we've only gotten as far as we have with the uh, acknowledgement of people's identities because we we just weren't ready for it then because that was how we reacted to mm, it. Yeah. What changed? Oh well, yeah, time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it, this was this was you know what like twenty years ago that this was made. Uh, f- close to thirty. Jeez, yeah, yeah. Um, it's it's yeah. Uh, it was a different time, I guess. Um, yeah. And then also, Truffles has a French accent for no apparent reason. Yeah, I was wondering about that. That wasn't the case in the strip, right? He was just a regular. I mean, it's because I mean I get it. His name is Truffles. Tru- pigs that sniff for truffles, but uh, his. His name could have been Ham and Eggs, and you wouldn't have to give him a French accent. Well, maybe they were like, you know what? This character is just so boring. We need to give him like a bit of jazz. What if we made him French? You know, like, like how pigs are uh, like a like yeah, whatever. I don't know. I yes. don't know about this. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, so much of this is just like you know, it's nice to see Opus animated and on camera, but the stuff around it is just so like. What? Yeah. Oh, and let me say a thing about these ducks, mm-hmm. these snow ducks. These ducks, for years, I was convinced that these ducks had something to do with, uh, oh, with the with the uh, with Michael Bedard, the painter who later created the book, which became a series, Sitting Ducks. Oh. Yeah, I don't know if you've ever seen the. There were. This guy does a lot of prints of ducks being, like, assembled in factories and stuff like that. I'm not familiar with that, actually, no. He's this this airbrush artist who is famous for doing portraits with white ducks, and with very cartoony white ducks that look almost exactly like these ones, but but apparently he had nothing to do with the strip. And that surprises me, because I keep calling the film the strip. (laughs) Sorry about that. No worries. And I was... I was almost certain that he had actually helped Burke Brethren out with the book Wish for Wings That Work because the ducks are in there too and they look exactly almost exactly the same as Bedard's ducks. But no, it's just uh, Burke Brethren uh, ripping someone more fa- famous than him off, just like with Doonesbury. So. <laughs> well, well, sorry if you're listening, well, Burke. <laughs> you know, it was a style at the time. Uh, mm-hmm. So, so then Opus uh, he goes to a. I guess he goes to. Um, a support group for flightless birds, yes. which is run by Ronald Ann, who yes, Ronald Ann, voiced by presumably an actual little girl. Yeah, sounds like it. Um, and uh, she doesn't really do very much in this. Ronald Ann, like, was this, like you no. know, she is probably other than villain Opus, the only character in this that like has a little bit of pedigree because yeah, you know, but she doesn't get a lot of screen time or anything she's really just there because she was in the strip and but it's kind of it's kind of weird that almost all of our main characters have been animals before and here's this little human girl yeah that's true um 
it's if well that's the thing is like if you're not familiar with the strip a lot of the stuff in this really doesn't make any sense at all like yes. opus's butt just falling also, off yeah it just yeah his his well not that his butt falling off made any sense in the context of the strip no but i mean it happened so you would kind of you would yeah. be familiar with that and be like oh that's a thing that happens with opus it's not well the joke well, the joke that is long la- long gone was that Opus was about to make a political speech, and then his butt fell off, and someone says, hey, you better cover your butt. Ah! Like Congress. Yeah! <laughs> uh, I've, got the, I've got the strip right here. The strip where the, uh, the scene with the, with the, uh, the encounter group... The therapy session came directly from an Outland strip, and in this one, Ronald Ann is just standing pleasantly outside while Opus leads the uh, encounter group himself. Hmm. Yeah, and it's the same, but it's the same two characters in the group. It's the, the kiwi yeah, and the, the chicken. The kiwi and the penguin, George and Allison. Yeah, no, I think it's a chicken. Yeah, George, George the kiwi and Allison. Oh, the yeah, chicken. sorry. Um, so. And uh, so basically, Allison the, ch- the chicken is kind of believes that she's a plane and she's a little bit nuts. And George the Kiwi has um, his marriage has uh, foundered because his wife left him from the albatross. Yes. Wow. And this is especially sad when you realize that this is kind of what it's like being Kiwi because Lady Kiwis lay there egg that's about two times their own size and then they ditch their husband to take care and let him take care of the babies while they go off uh, gallivanting with birds with bigger wings. Oh, really? I didn't know that. (laughs) Typical, you know what? Uh, Typical typical, uh, Stacy Kiwis riding the cock carousel looking for for an alpha, you know, leaving a beta to take care of the, uh, you know, the babies. This is why Kiwis become MRAs, um, which actually I guess our <laughs> Kiwi in this is basically like that. He's like an angry divorced dad, and yes. uh, he is you know screaming about like um, you know how much he hates albatrosses with their giant wings. And yes. I don't know that children would get all the subtext in this, but now do you recognize George's voice? I didn't, but I I looked it up, so I do know who it is. It's a yes. pseudonym. Pseudonym. <laughs> Who <laughs> was right up there? Yes. Oh, and not, not only does Suiting M in this, but Sam Etic is also in. Oh, it. well, you know, uh, those famous <laughs> actors. Um, for for those of uh, the uh, those those at home who don't recognize Suiting uh that that's his real name is Ray Di <laughs> 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 Oh, it's um. Uh, Deep cut. Who is it? Uh, uh, Robin Williams, right? It was Robin Williams. Yes. Uh, who is that? That's a random thing. I'm not sure why he's in this and why he's uncredited, or why he's. Well, I don't know. He was. Well, this was kind of at the height of his star power, I think. Yeah. It was the Hook era. Yeah. So. Uh, and um, Aladdin was around this time. He hadn't yet blown it all with Patch Adams. So. So why? I mean, was there some sort of contractual thing that wouldn't let him use his name, though? Because why would they not? Why would he not use his name? I don't know. Um, I don't know. Maybe it had something to do with 
Oh, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it did have something to do with Aladdin. Maybe uh, Disney didn't want him doing any of the other cartoon voices. Yeah, it's it's kind of odd, but you know, he's this is about the time of the birth of DreamWorks, mm. so. There was a lot of that kind of uh, Michael Eisner versus Jeffrey Katzenberg, Cobra versus Mongoose going on. Oh, but yeah. uh, did DreamWorks make this? Uh, I don't know about DreamWorks, but Steven Spielberg. Oh, produced. okay. And he's the S in SKG DreamWorks. Ah, well, wait a second. Um, was it this made at the same time as Hook? Um, maybe roughly. Yeah, maybe he was just doing it. Because oh yes, because that's uh, that because that's the other uh, problematic part of this one is the joke at the very end of the scene. Yes, um, that's when he's he's as Opus is leaving, he uh, encounter uh, he encounters Milk Toast the cockroach, I believe. I think it's Milk yes. Toast, right? Milk yes, Toast, yeah. who is mm-hmm. a st- character who was briefly at the very end of Bloom County, I think, and then he was in Outland. Um, yeah, he was a he was a right. A regular toward the end of Bloom County and then ascended to star in Outland. Yes. But, and uh, I, I call him he because he was always a he in uh, those strips. But that may be misgendering uh, Milk Toast now because Milk yes. Toast appears um, dressed in a, in a dress with what, fake boobs. And um, yes. as Opus comes out, Milk Toast says, hey, just uh, cross-dressing uh, cockroaches in crisis in that gravelly sort of voice. And yes. uh, yeah, when I when we watch this, it's like yeah, that's um, this is uh, yeah, this is a uh, this is problematic. Um, yeah. Um, especially because yeah, it's like oh great, and I especially love the the, the incredibly gravelly like smoker's voice you got there. But yes. we were the incredibly gravelly smoker's voice of Dustin Hoffman. Yes. Um, who was also in Hook. So this has both Robin Hood. So this has both Peter Pan and Hook in yeah, it. Yeah, which is my, like did Steven Spielberg, Spielberg as he's making Hook is like, hey, I, you guys go over and do some voices for this other thing we're doing. Yeah, I wonder if uh, the voice. I wonder if the chicken was. They had alternate takes with Rufio and Thudbutt doing her <laughs> voice. <laughs> also, I guess it makes sense to have Dustin Hoffman as Milk Toast in this role because Dustin Hoffman was Tootsie. Oh yeah! Oh, I didn't even think. Yeah, about it. I mean, I don't know if they were thinking. I never saw Tootsie. I didn't either. Even if the Sullivan said. I, I know that it existed. That's, but I've never mm-hmm. seen it or anything. But you know, it's like this is made in 1991, so they're like, it's funny because it's a, because it's a, it's a movie from ten yeah, years ago. It's a movie from ten years ago. The kids will love it. Um, and yeah, uh, and there's uh, so so milk to- that there's only that one little bit. Opus just kind of moves on, you know. But yeah, he doesn't even respond. He just wanders away. And the cockroach is like, well, don't say hi. Fuck you. (laughs) Well, you know, Uh, and then Bill gets his head stuck in the drain pipe and becomes some sort of abomination for a few frames. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, Bill, Bill is doing all the heavy lifting for comedy in this movie. So he really is because, you know, you know, way to go, Bill. Yeah. Um, so then uh, I think Opus does, like, he gets the balloons, he tries to fly. Yeah, he gets balloons and tries to fly, and Bill blows them up just with his breath, and they still fly. So Bill produces helium. Wow. Yeah. Well, <laughs> or maybe hydrogen, I don't know. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, well, cartoon logic, I guess. But 
Um, but guess. then Bill messes it up, so then Opus gets mad. Bill messes it up and collides into some carolers that we've seen earlier. Oh, yeah. One of whom is Elvis, which is probably the most Bloom County thing ever. One of them... No. One of them is Elvis. One of them is L.H. Puttgrass. Wait, who? He w- he appeared a few times in Bloom County. He was the guy who would get interviewed and give weirdly... Uh, give weirdly pompous uh, responses and then usually close with something like, shoot the lawyers! More skin on HBO! Oh, wait, did he have like a big weird mustache? Oh, yes. I remember that guy, yes. I didn't know he had a name, though. Yes. Alex Putgrass signing off and heading for the tub! That's, well, hey, I guess, you know, again, very Blue County. Um, yes. But, uh, so yeah, so, so everything's messed up. Opus yells at Bill for like, you know, ruining everything yeah opus yells at bill and here's that mysterious thing i wanted to talk about was that he's yeah bill yeah opus blows up at bill and starts listing his faults and he says you can even fly wait what he can does he say or maybe he says you can't even fly which is like well duh but that if if he says you can even fly that's really weird but if he says you can't even fly, then you realize that Opus is just really frustrated with himself and he's taking it all out on Bill. Yeah, I'm not really sure what he says there now that I think about it. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't hear if it was can or can't, but it changes the uh, meaning considerably. Yeah, it's also weird because if he says you can, it makes no sense. But if he says you can't, it's like, Opus, are you implying that you only want to associate with people who can fly i <laughs> yeah. mean you're a racist opus <laughs> and the people who can fly the ducks are real shitheads yeah it's like fine opus you want to well i wouldn't want to be a member of any club that accepted me so <laughs> god uh but yeah this is the uh the beginning i guess of the kind of long dark night of soul of our of our special here because you yes know, uh so this is this is him so he finishes his letter and sends it off to Santa, telling him about, you know, this. now you're my last hope. There's no other way for me to get... Yeah, and he faxes it. ...to get wings that work except for you. Yes. So, okay, so that explains yeah. why. <laughs> so that's how he gets it to Santa quickly, is he faxes it, because fax machines still existed at this point, apparently. Um, yeah. And then uh, Opus goes to sleep, and he has a, a dream uh, where yes. he's... It's basically a scene from the Frank Capra Lost Horizon film, where he's flying, and Opus is basically put in as the pilot of the plane. And, uh, I... Yeah, what happens in that I movie? actually... I never saw I've it. I've never seen it either, so I have no clue. Apparently a plane crashes. Because I've seen this scene, and I've seen the parody they did in The Critic. Penguins can't fly. Where it was... It was also a penguin, so I'm just like, was there literally a penguin in this movie? I... What, what's the joke if not a penguin? I don't know, actually. Um... Maybe there was a penguin? <laughs> I feel like there probably... No, I, I... I feel like it was... Like, maybe there was a nun in the, at the... Well, it was weird, because, like, when... In this scene, like, when someone... The guy first, like, comes... We're going the wrong way! And he comes and, like, t- tells the other guy to go check the cockpit. He's like, the fellow in the cockpit! He's, like, Chinese or Mongolian! And it's like, what? What? I know, because I was like... So in the original movie, where they, like... There's a Chinese guy flying the plane. I, I, I can't believe it. Chinese people can't fly planes. But it's like, well, you're in Nepal, aren't you? Wouldn't you expect <laughs> someone maybe for a Chinese person might be flying a plane there? 
Especially since the plane <laughs> is Chinese lettering all over it. It appears to be a Chinese plane. I don't know. I have not seen the movie, so I know nothing about that. But I did like this whole scene because it felt, again, very Boone County. It made me think of all those strips where they had the, the, the Xerox photos as portraits in the background. Yeah, yeah, you're right. I didn't even that didn't even occur to me, but that's it's very in the you know in the style. Yeah. Also, I want to know what the guy actually says when he very conspicuously is dubbed into saying it's a penguin. Yeah, that's a good. I guess we should have. We probably should, could. We could have to track down the movie. I'm sure that it's. You know, yeah. Um, but. I don't yeah. Know. I, maybe he just said like, "Oh, it's a Chinese guy." It's a Chinese person. We're all dead. Yeah. Or um, or since this is a black and white movie made a very long time ago, instead of Chinese person, they might have said something we can't say now. Yes. <laughs> you know, so anyway, moving on. Um, Opus uh, crashes the plane because he can't find the Aero Tutor or whatever it was. The um, Aero Tutor? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but they're they're really pushing the humor of the phrase Aero Tutor. Yeah. There's like, I can't find the wacky thing. Wackamajig. Um, yeah. So, um, but then, so he wakes up. So, yes. And Opus, it's time to end this dream. And don't forget the standard scream. <laughs> but now we get to the butt falling off bits because th- yes. this all happens. Um, and Opus wakes up and his butt falls off. And um, then, then there's a knock on the door and it's a bunch of. We should add that. His butt doesn't fall off because of the uh, dream he had or anything. It's not caused by anything. It just happens completely at random. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I remember this happening several times in the strip, and it was always implied. It's like, oh, you get old, and things just happen like that, you know? Yeah. But uh, in this one, like, yeah, that happens. And um, the but, it, but then there's a knock on the door, and it turns out it's those ducks from before. Yeah, the ones who were assholes yeah. to him. So, and it turns out that Santa Claus because this is Christmas Eve, uh, has had an accident. Mm-hmm. His his sleigh came unhitched, and he is in a, stuck in a lake. And ducks can't swim, so they, they can't <laughs> help him, you know? So Well, they specifically said, we would, but we'd help him ourselves, but cold water just isn't our thing. Yeah. Well, you know, I've never seen a duck swimming in cold water, so let's... Well, I mean, to be fair... I wondered that when I ha- when I was reading the book. I was like, you know, hey, ducks, you can swim. Why aren't you helping <laughs> them? Yeah, well, apparently penguins are good with cold water. So Opus, um, he goes to rescue Santa. He jumps in the lake and he swims and, you know, helps Santa. He does actual penguin things for possibly the first time in his career as a penguin or even a cartoon star. That's true. Um, Normally the only penguin thing he does is sit in the freezer and eat fish yeah bits, but. yeah the only time i remember it ever really coming into pl- okay this is a little bit random but this <laughs> is a memory that i have in my head of a thing that i read in a magazine a long long time ago and i've i've never okay so basically there was a mag it was i don't remember which magazine it was but I saw it in a dentist office. It sounded like you were about to say Mad Magazine. No, no, it was like a real one. R.I.P. Like, like, but it was, there was an article in there, or I should say an essay, <laughs> a fiction essay. What a huge slam on Mad Magazine out of nowhere. <laughs> well, I'm sorry. I, I, look, look, 
Mad Magazine <laughs> is not printed on that glossy magazine paper, so I don't consider it a magazine, no matter what <laughs> William H. Gaines says. Is that says. how that works? <laughs> oh, and he just says it's a magazine, it's a magazine now? It's got to be on the nice paper. <laughs> Rest in power, Mad Here Magazine. Here we go with another ridiculous Mad Yeah. <laughs> anyway, go on. Well, anyway, so this magazine <laughs> was um, – there was an essay. I guess it was a fiction essay but written as a travelogue mm-hmm. about um, a guy – I assume was Burke Breathed. It might not be. It might have just been a guy taking Opus to Antarctica to look for his mother. And it was illustrated huh. with photographs, which were the guy walking on Antarctica – and interacting with actual penguins, and Opus was also there as well, like drawn in. And huh. it it ends with like him finding his mother's grave, and it says something like, "Oh, she loves her son" or something. And I, I remember like Opus showing a photograph of his mom. It's like a real penguin wearing a like a bonnet or something. And I have this memory <laughs> of this thing, but I've never been able to track down this actual this essay or whatever it was. Um, and so I don't know, you know, it's just it's this weird random thing that was in some magazine. But anyway, that was the most penguin-esque thing that Opus did. There's also a photo where he's like running at an elephant seal with an umbrella and, um, you know, an actual elephant seal that they got a photo of. But anyway, man, that's a th- what a what a what a strange thing to have stuck in your head. That's right. Up- that you can never prove ever actually existed. Yeah. So if anyone out there is, it's, it's like the Puggle Tales. <laughs> if anyone out there is familiar with this thing, you know, uh, maybe like drop us a line because. Yeah. What, what? Can you even imagine? Can you think of what? Uh, you know, what magazines did you read in your household that you would have gotten this? From? Well, this was in a dentist office, so. Yes, yeah, so that would. Okay, so it could have been. Yeah, I feel like it was in like something like. Newsweek almost or something you know it wasn't in like a huh. I feel like it was just a, a pretty standard magazine but like I don't know huh. I, I weird anyway uh, but that was Opus being penguiny uh, in this one he does this penguin thing he rescues Santa and I thought it was interesting that we don't actually really see Santa in this yeah we Santa is always kind of uh, just out of shot like Nanny and Muppet Babies yeah we get some close-ups. Or else we have an extreme close-up of, like, his eye as he reacts to something. Yeah, and it's like, I I, I guess it's 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 an interesting stylistic choice. I mean, I, I don't, it's weird because I'm thinking, like, well, I guess we all know what Santa looks like. It's not like we're like, oh, man, what does he look like? Oh, thanks for maintaining the mystery. Turn out Santa has a big, long witch's nose yeah. or something yeah, like Yeah, it's like... It's not like Santa's like Mohammed or something where you can't show him, you know? I mean, I don't know what the deal is here. But, you know, maybe... Well, we have to do it this way because in certain cultures, Santa is God and we have to... Uh... <laughs> like, Santa is Haram, so we're not going to show him. Um, well, you know, maybe they wanted to maintain some sort of, like, hip mystery to the to the whole thing and make it feel like, oh, yeah. Opus is in the presence of something otherworldly. So, well, we never get a full look at Santa in the book. Oh, either. really? I didn't realize that. Yeah, he's always. Let's see. Let me look at the illustrations of him in the book. We do see. Let's see. We see the shot of him uh, falling out of the sleigh, where where the sleigh goes careening mm-hmm. down, and then we see the wide shot of Opus seeing seeing Santa on the sinking sleigh, and oh, I guess we do. Here's one that's. It's still not quite a close-up, but it's closer 
closer than usual is the shot with uh, Opus pulling him back to shore, and you can see it's about the same as in the movie. Hmm. Okay, where you can see it, you can see kind kind of see Santa's face, and you can see the pipe sticking out of his mouth. But in the scene where he gives him, a, where he gives him his hat, which is uh, which is direct from the book. You, again, it's the same. It's the same camera angle where we we only see Santa from the shoulders down, and the focus is on Opus. Hmm. Okay, so this is in keeping with you know the uh, uh, with the book. Oh, Opus already had a Santa hat on. He'd been wearing it the whole book. Oh, I don't remember that. Mm, okay. Yeah, in this in this film, he's wearing a uh, he's wearing a pair of aviator goggles like Rocky. So. Oh, huh. Okay, yeah. Yeah, I do remember that. He's got them in the book, too, but he already had the Santa hat on in the book. So hmm. that's so Santa giving him, you know, that's that's kind of a thing is where Santa gives you his hat like you were in a 7-Up commercial together. <laughs> <laughs> hey, kid. Ho, ho, ho. <laughs> well, you know what? No, Santa has also been in Coke commercials. So, yeah, it kind of fits. Oh. You're right. Oh my God, Santa's playing both sides. Just imagine like Santa's coming back from a hard, hard Christmas Eve. He's like, oh, I'm just so tired. Santa, you want my Coke? Okay, <laughs> kid. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. So, anyway, because because Opus is a penguin and swimming through ice cold water is what penguins do best. He's the one that rescues Santa and Santa says to him, just like he does in the book, I see no penguins here whose wings only sputter. Tonight it was courage that flew yours beyond others. And it's great because he uses this to, to uh, cheat Opus out of actual, actual presence. Yeah, he doesn't actually give Opus anything. Yeah, it's all like, it's a, it's very, it's a, it's a very Wizard of Oz sort of thing where it's like, you know. Yeah. It's like, here, this. Also, Santa's voiced by Frank Welker. So. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah, I can hear a little bit of Ray stance in his voice. That's in there. interesting. Um, yeah. Which is also weird. Frank Welker did not voice Bill the Cat in this. Yes. Which. And. Frank Welker is the animal sound effects guy. Yeah, so it's very strange, but you no, know, Bill Guy does a fine job. It's just strange yeah. that it's not Frank Welker. Yes, because um, you know. But uh, yeah, so then you always got to come crawling back to the well. Yeah, <laughs> then uh, Opus goes back to bed, and in the morning he still can't fly, but he goes to open his door, and there's like a million ducks. A million ducks, each of them wearing a bow tie just like his. Yes. And they carry him into the air. They scoop him up and he gets to fly on Christmas morning, even if not with his own yeah. wings. So, and that was, you know, identical to the uh, how the book ended. So that was a good ending. I would say that the scene with Santa was not as satisfying in the film because, I mean, it takes up half the book because the book is not that yeah. long. Whereas this... That this was so padded out that uh, the actual, you know, the what's the word? I want to say crisis. The the thi- the, the the top of the, the action. Uh, the climax. Climax. Yeah, the climax makes up so little of it. Yeah, it's kind of just stuck on like, there, you know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's like it is what it is. It's kind of like this. You know, I guess this is a oh and. Opus kind of out of nowhere says, 
So, who suggested coming to me for help? And the ducks point down, and it was Bill, who Opus had yelled at just a few hours earlier, and who had been sadly sitting on his kitty litter box waiting for Opus to open the door again. Well, well they had to, like, you know, finish that arc. Yeah. And uh, Opus gives him the Santa hat. And um, so I guess now they've sort of made up. But again, I feel like this theme could have been better articulated. Yeah. Because again, I feel like they at this point, you know, there was Bloom County, there was Outland and then there was Opus and Bill, which you basically saw exclusively in Hallmark greeting cards. Mm. Yeah. And this was very much an Opus and Bill production. Yeah. Um, I have to say that like. You know, like like I said, when I first saw this, I was disappointed, and the reason for that is it's not very funny. I mean, no, it isn't. I no. feel like this is the big thing. The book isn't very funny, but it doesn't have to be. It's not supposed it's to. It's like be. okay, and I said before that my personal feeling is Burke Breathed should have just retired when Bloom County ended because yeah. all his children's books are so incredibly schmaltzy, and. Maybe maybe they're just not for me because I always remember like you know the jokey Bloom County and I'm always like why aren't you doing that yeah so you know they're not bad books they're they're good for kids I just always feel like whenever I read them I'm like oh why are you doing this why don't you do the funny I stuff don't know. well let's see which ones do you remember well there was the one where they are the last basilope. Yeah, that was a kind of a disappointment. And especially because the Basilope in question was not Rosebud as we knew her, but a new one. Oh, so it's the second to last Basilope. I guess huh, so. Okay. Or maybe Bas- maybe Rosebud had a son. I don't and know. wait, were there more? I feel like there were more. Let's see. There was Red Rider came calling or Red Ranger came calling. Oh. That was the one that was another Christmas story that was it, it was a really weird setup for a, uh, oh my god, it was all true. Oh, is it basically the, the Polar Express then? Kind of? Because it's about a kid who's really interest, who really wants this one particular kind of bike. And then he meets a crazy magician who may be a retired Santa. Mm-hmm. And who can't quite hear him. And as he's yelling, I want a Tweed bicycle. Mm-hmm. Tweed being the brand name. And he doesn't get what he wants until he walks outside and you realize that there's a bicycle stuck through his tree. Oh. He wants it. So the, the dude's, he, well, I don't know why you would want a Tweed bicycle, but here it is. And then the last page of the book is showing a literal rusty old bicycle stuck through a literal tree. I was like, huh. okay. Okay. Um, yeah, this seems like you found the you had the photograph first and you wrote the story around. I feel it. like a lot of children's books, Burke Breathen was like, it's magical, damn it, <laughs> it's whimsical, you'll love it. Actually, you know what I think the best one was? Good Night Opus. Oh, was that just like Good Good Night Moon? Yeah, it was Good Night Moon, but as they said, it was about sticking to the story but departing from the text. And it was really just an excuse to draw some draw some crazy stuff happening, like how one of the members of the party that was going on this adventure was just a pillow with a smiley face balloon tied to it for a head, <laughs> and and how the and they were going on this adventure to the to the Milky Way, and along the way they stopped at Washington D.C. and talked to the to the Lincoln Monument and uh, asked, "Well, what would you like to do if you weren't stuck here?" Oh, I'd like to do a swan dive into the reflecting pool. 
So there's a lot of good good art in that one, if nothing yeah. else. Yeah. Huh. Um, yeah, I guess. Uh, well, he, he, yeah. Um, <laughs> I guess I should just say like his children's books aren't for me because yeah, they are pretty schmaltzy in a lot of yeah. ways. But, I mean, they're not bad. You know, they're just. Well, here's the thing: it's like you know when when Gary Larson wrote like children's books like you know there's a there's oh there's a hair yeah, like i read yes. that and i was like this is 100 percent the far side this is the same guy this is this is my jam but when i you read like burke brethid's children's books i can tell that he's trying to do something different and you know that's fine more power to him it's just not what i want from him you know did he have did uh gary larson ever do another one after that one um that's the only one that i know of hmm um but Brethren did a bunch. Yeah, he did. Oh yeah, flawed dogs. That's the one they're actually making into a movie right now. There's no plot to that though. No, there isn't. But there isn't a plot to cats either. Well, you know, the plot to cats is that a bunch of cats introduce themselves and then they die. Well, I know. Let me let me rephrase that. There's no plot to Old Possum's Book of Practical Cats. Oh yeah, but, I can't believe they're not even putting Old Possum on screen. What a gif. Yeah, <laughs> never gonna see it. You know, why couldn't we actually see whatever this play where Fire Four Fiddle, Fiddle the Fiend of the Fell was in? Yeah. It's like, ugh, what a, what a ripoff. Stupid cats. Yeah. Um, and they made a special, another special based on his book. Uh, did you ever read Edward Fuddwupper Fibbed Big? No. Wait, is this Burke Breathed? Yes, this is another Burke This Burke-Brethed one I haven't even book. heard of. What is, what, what is this one? Oh. Edward Fuddwupper is about a. Uh, about a boy who's always making up crazy lies and how, let's see, he lied to a local woman that they elected her the Queen of Brazil and we haven't seen her since then, so we think she might have gone. And But uh, then he breaks a vase and... Uh, then he breaks a vase and, and says, no, it was alien pigs who uh, broke the vase. And somebody overhearing said, they must have kidnapped Mabel Dill too! We haven't seen her in so long! And it and it all uh, gets to a point where their people are powering up their giant megaphones to yell into the sky. Pigs, we're getting until the count of three to bring back Mabel Dill. And then an alien who is literally taller than the Earth appears on the horizon and yells, "Who woke me up?" Okay. <laughs> yes, a giant purple alien with an eye in his nose. <laughs> Which, yeah, well, it's creative. Yes, it is. It's a, it has some great art and imagery in it, but uh, all I know about the... Uh, there is a film based on it, but I hear it's got some really bad CGI where the characters all look like balloon animals. So Weird. Yeah, I haven't seen it, so... Huh. Um... <laughs> huh. Was... Was Burke Breath... Okay, wait a second. Wait a second. I gotta look this... I'm gonna look this up before I say anything, because... I'm 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 gonna feel stupid if this is not. Burke Brethed. Um. Oh, oh, never mind. Apparently, it is true. He all oh, did Mars Needs Moms. Yes, that was him. Okay, yes. I forgot all about that one. Yeah, because I forgot about that one too. I remember the there. I remember there's a movie, and it is does not look anything like his art. Yeah. Um, the movie's not very good. 
I haven't seen that either. So it was a motion capture movie, yes. wasn't it? And so. I'm mostly kind of mad about it because it failed, and, the, and so the studio suits were like, clearly the American audience hates the word Mars, so we should take... <laughs> so that's why John Carter... Yes, exactly. Um, which pissed, kind of annoys me, because I fucking love the Edgar Rice Burroughs uh, Mars books, and I would have seen it, except I did not realize it was actually that. <laughs> I just saw her, John Carter, uh, you know. I didn't realize it was... You know, I was like, what's the difference between John Carter and John Wick? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, I was like, whatever, another John, another John movie. Uh, but um, uh, I don't know if John Carter was that. I, I believe it also wasn't very good, so that might also be, you know. I liked it, but, you know, I haven't seen it yeah. since. Oh, well, in that case, maybe I'll see it, because... Um, yeah, I, I recommend oh, it. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, I've never read the books, though, so I can't well, I'll, compare them the way you The books would. rule. Um they're, well, I should say the books are – they're Edgar Rice Burroughs, so they're incredibly pulpy and stupid, but um, hmm. I always found them to be a lot of fun. Nothing wrong yeah. with that. Um, plus, I'll just say this, that like um, when I was 13 and I went to the library and A Princess of Mars has like you know side boob on the cover, I was like, oh, ah. ooh, this is interesting. Um, also like, uh, I will say that like, since a princess of Mars, the princess of Mars is basically like described as, um, for all intents and purposes, she's like a, a raven haired bitch. So she's basically Veronica from Archie. So it's very much my jam. <laughs> and I've also thought it's funny cause her name is Deja Thoris of Helium. So I'm always like, why is no one ever like used her in any sort of inflation porn? Cause it's like, it's right in the oh, name. Oh no. Well, maybe there isn't a. Uh, is there a really definitive rendition of her that you could be using? Not really. That isn't an actress. Um, I don't know. I guess in the John Carter movie, they might have gotten someone to play her, but um, I mm. don't know who. Um, now, now I'm actually curious. I'm going to look up John Carter and see who plays Deja Thoris in it. Uh, cast. Uh, Lynn Collins. Lynn Collins. I I don't know. I don't. She's. <laughs> she played a character in the Wolverine called Kayla Silverfox. Oh, well, okay. <laughs> oh, yeah, okay. Well, I'm looking at her now as uh, Deja Thoris. I'm like, yeah, that's kind of how I imagined Deja Thoris would look. Mm. Um, I, I, I think they tried to make her a little more action adventure than she is. She's basically just a damsel in distress in the books, you know. Ah, she okay. mostly gets kidnapped and is a huge bitch. And, um, you know, and then John Carter tames her because these are very problematic novels. Mm -hmm. You know, they're, they're written for, like, you know, dude bros. The Martian taming of the alien shrew. Yeah. But the best one of, uh, I remember the really good one in the series was um, John Carter and Deja Thoris have like a daughter and she eventually also grows up to be a huge bitch. And so she doesn't want to, she gets mad and steals like a, a sk skimmer and flies off and crash lands on this other part of Mars where she basically gets kidnapped by these big brain things. But because oh. there's this like race of like super smart, like heads they're just heads that walk or that like scuttle around on little like legs. 
And they have a symbiotic relationship with this other race of things that are basically people with no heads. So the, <laughs> these 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 bodies with no heads just like crawl around shoving food down their neck stumps until the head people. This is getting more and more into terra incognita territory. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Are there any skyopods or blindness? <laughs> it's basically this? like that because like the geography of Mars makes no sense. Like every book, he's like, yeah, there's another undiscovered like you know a species here on Mars that like nobody's noticed before. And um, <laughs> but like you know the the little the head people have little tentacles. They stick down the neck stumps and they connect the spine, and so then they can use <laughs> these bodies to walk around. Anyway, when I was like you know four modular, when people. I was fourteen, I thought this was totally badass stuff. Well, when I was 14, I was still reading Xanth novels, so I can't uh, complain. Well, you know, when you're when you're four, when you're 14, you know that that infantry joke is pretty funny. <laughs> Mammoths, stupendos. <laughs> yep. It's like, oh no, um, here in Mundania, we don't have um, what do they have? Pie, Pie trees. trees. I don't yeah. Know. <laughs> uh, anyway, um, is, uh, is there anything else we should say about uh, Wish for Wings to work? Um, it's. It, I would say it is uh, Brethren's best. It's definitely his best animated special. Yeah. True. Um, oh, by definition, I just forgot something though. What's if that? We were, since we we're talking about the problematic things in this, the very end when he's yes. flying around and all the other characters are observing him in the sky. And uh, Milk Toast looks at him flying and says, That's totally unnatural. And then one of his fake tits, like, pops out. And it's like... Yes. Wah, yeah, wah. it's like... Yeah, that didn't age well. No, no. I mean... Yeah, so, I mean, I don't know. What do you... So you agree with me that there is, you know, perhaps more queer subtext than they even intended to include. Yeah, yeah. And it seems very... Um, and the, the sad, I mean, much, like, much like the Wizard of yeah, Oz. Yeah, and the, the thing is about there is a lot of yeah. I, I've, I, it wasn't intentional, and but it comes off as very turfy. Yes, <laughs> yes, very uh, essential. Yeah, um, because like that whole thing with like, um, you know, truffles basically like oh he he thinks he's a rhinoceros. What a what a delusional lunatic! And then like the whole bit with opus in the uh um you know the uh the support group where the chicken is delusional as an airplane and you know yeah. uh just i don't know there's so yeah not only yeah not only turfy also uh very uh uh i don't know what's very disrespectful toward people with mental illness yeah, yeah. i mean yeah so there's a lot of stuff that it's like yeah i it, it's just like i don't think I don't think they intended this thing. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, you know. Um, I don't think they were even thinking yeah. about a lot of this stuff, but it does come off like it's hard nowadays not to see it. And um, yes, and it's a little unfortunate that it's uh, <clears throat> that it that it comes off like you said, very essentialist, very like the the. It's weird that like the message that seems to be going through this movie is like uh, don't don't like you are what you are. You know, you are born a flightless bird. Do not you know aspiring to be or thinking you're anything else or feeling like you should be something else is just you know lunacy but then at the end opus flies which kind of yeah defies that recurring theme in the whole special so i don't i don't know well maybe do you think that the that it might be more of a sort of you know 
which you can get what you want, even if it's not in the same way. Yeah, I mean that that that's what happened, and I mean, and is do you think that's more maybe more of a sort of your friends can make it happen for you? Yeah, I mean that's I I think I would prefer to read it that way. Yeah, I'd like to think of it as more of a sort of you know opus. Opus had been chasing after the wrong thing, but with his found family, he can have everything. Yeah, I, especially when you take the whole accepting Bill part into the yes at the end yeah. of the mix. So you know because he was he was rejecting others, but now that but with his ability to accept them, they can accept him too. Yeah, I, I don't know. This is this. It all feels like a real reach for something that uh, he would rather destroy. Burke brother would rather destroy every copy with a hammer, but. <laughs> Yeah. Well. Oh. You know. Well. One thing. One last thing I will say is, um, I think uh, they did a good job uh, translating his, uh, you know, his sonic mono eye thing into uh, animation. Yes. Oh. Also, that was probably the funniest part was when he had the cartoon reaction to Santa, and then was like, "Ow!" Yeah. Where his eyes do that. Oh. Because his eyeballs jump out like footballs, and then he has like, "Ah, oh, jeez." Yeah. That was pretty. I was amused by that. That was pretty good. <laughs> Anyway, so that was a uh, a wish for wings that work. Um, yes. I will say, like you know, even though um, you know, even though a, a little disappointing, not 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 a perfect um, special by any means, still much more entertaining than some other things we've watched. Oh yes, I mean, I would watch this ten times before I watch that Family Circus special. Yes, <laughs> yeah, um, same. And, um, yeah, so I guess, uh, anything else, uh, that we want to tell the people about anything? Uh, why don't you go first? What have you got to share with us? Oh, well, since it's been three months since our last meeting, I've got, oh gosh, I've got so much, so many irons and so many fires and so much (laughs) new, I've been busy bee. Certainly I haven't been sitting around twiddling my thumbs for three months doing nothing. (laughs) <laughs> um, no, I have nothing. Uh, go, but you should all follow my, uh, my Twitter account, midnight underscore pals, because, um, I like having followers and they're funny jokes on there. Mm-hmm. I, I agree. Follow midnight pals. That is the best thing you could do for each yes. of us. Um, anything else that, uh, that, that you want to tell? Just people? one. Snuggle bunnies. Snuggle bunnies. <laughs> <laughs>